It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Bill Rossetti of Panthers Wire. Hitting you guys back up here. This is part two of the episode today. Getting us caught up on training camp part one, of course. Looked back at Saturday and Sunday. Here we're going to talk about the notes from Monday, day five of practice. We're just going to note some of the observations from Panthers.com, from Brian Strickland. And then we're going to talk about a couple other things that popped up in the last couple of days. The jersey schedule, uh, the USA Today power rankings are out, so we'll dive into that a little bit. So a couple things to get to today as we wrap it up here on a Wednesday because, of course, Tuesday was an off day. So we'll just get caught up on Monday and then we'll be back to wrap, to talk about Wednesday's practice and start getting ready for the first preseason game next Thursday against the Buffalo Bills. And, of course, first preseason game overall is tomorrow night, the Hall of Fame game between the Ravens and the Bears. So it'll be Real good to see some actual football being played and actual football to talk about very shortly. So let's jump into it now. Talk about Monday's practice. And we, we know this a little bit. Actually, before we get into Monday's practice, I, I want to make a note, too. We talked in, in part one about the injury to Daryl Williams. I, I didn't really mention, too, like how they kind of replaced it. Um, but it sounded... It looked to me like Taylor Moten was getting a lot of the first-team reps at right tackle to replace Williams, which kind of was to be expected. Moten, uh, we've talked about how he's been playing guard and tackle, uh, was battling Mini Silatolu for the left guard spot. Now I'd say there's a good chance that they're both going to crack the starting lineup. Silatolu is probably going to get the left guard spot, and Taylor Moten... Good chance now that he becomes a starter at right tackle. So, listen, and, until he proves me wrong, I'm going to feel good about Moten, feel excited about watching him. Uh, if he handles himself well, great. If not, well, so be it then, I guess. I'll, you know, I'll take, I'll, t- I'll take the blame. I'll, you know, I'll, t- I'll take the heat for being wrong, but I'm pretty hopeful, you know, knock on wood, that, um, that Moulton can handle himself. Uh, we'll see, you know, at least in terms of next week, he'll, he'll probably get a decent amount of reps, you know, being thrust in their right tackle. And you figure with the, uh, at least in the early part of the game when the starters are out there, we know the Pan- or the Bills have a, a pretty good defensive line. So it'll be a, a pretty solid, pretty solid test. To start for Taylor Moten, and then he'll you'll see him a little bit more against the Dolphins and their defensive ends, and then the pass rush of the New England Patriots in the tune-up game. So should be should be really interesting to watch how he handles himself out there. Uh, so that's kind of catching up. On that note, 
And then you go back to Monday, obviously. And again, we, we touched on it a bit at the end of the first part of this episode. And we'll talk a little more now. Big story, of course, on Monday was the was the injury to Ross Cockrell. And actually the note was the or the play was the final play of practice or right at the end of Monday's practice. And actually digging a little more. Um, you know, I said in the first part he, he could be placed on IR, but it also looks like he very well could miss the entire season. In fact, uh, the piece put up on Panthers.com by Bill Voth said that Ross Cockrell broke his tibia and fibula in his left leg. He'll undergo surgery and is expected to miss the 2018 season. He wrote that Cockrell was, was injured when his leg was caught underneath wide receiver Torrey Smith, who went to the ground to make a catch in front of the end zone. Uh, Ron Rivera said, quote, it's the unfortunate nature of this game. Hopefully he'll be all right in due time, unquote. Uh, so very unfortunate for Cockrell, who is a Charlotte native. And like I said in the first part, uh, was kind of bringing in that little bit of veteran presence, was coming in to potentially compete for the starting starting job opposite James Bradbury. Now it's going to be up to guys like Kevon Seymour and Dante Jackson, you know, between those two now, because for a while it was kind of a three-horse battle. Now it's down to two, so again, very, very unfortunate. You know, so two two significant injuries in the span of about three days for the Panthers, with Williams on Saturday and now Cockrell on Monday. So hopefully, uh, hopefully the injury bug has already bit the Panthers. And he's going away, you know, because we've seen a bunch of teams really get, really get bit bad by the injury bug. The first team, of course, that comes to mind is the L.A. Chargers. It seems like every year something happens. You know, we, we talk about how good the Chargers are going to be, and then something happens that kind of really derails that. Like the other day, now we know Jason Verrett in a conditioning test of all things, tore his Achilles and now he's out for the season. But nonetheless, very unfortunate uh, for the Panthers and for Ross Cockrell. But as far as some of the other notes that they talked about, uh, so one of the first things they said was about Rashawn Golden giving a nice hit to Jairus Wright, though Ron Rivera. Or I shouldn't say nice hit. One of one of those hits that is kind of borderline because Ron Rivera noted that the hit Rashawn Golden gave to Jairus Wright said it might have crossed the line being drawn by the NFL's new rule on leading with the helmet. Obviously, you know the helmet. That's that's another thing the NFL's really cracking down on are kind of those hits by leading with the helmet. Uh, Rivera said. Anytime we see something that looks close or suspect, I'll go up to the guy and mention it to him. We had a collision today in the red zone, and I went over and talked to the player and explained to him that, hey, that's going to be very suspect. That falls right into the ram butt spear idea of using the helmet. And Rivera, of course, is a member of the NFL Rules Subcommittee. 
Uh, some other notes. Again, noted the the Ross Cockrell injury at the end of at the end of practice. I said before the silence at the end of practice, spirits were again high. Linebackers and defensive backs, pass rushing against running backs set the tone. Uh, they know that they talked about how Luke Keekley said he wanted to get better as a pass rusher this season, but on Monday Christian McCaffrey got the better of him in a drill. Uh, Cameron Artis Payne also won against Andre Smith to the absolute delight of longtime running backs coach Jim Skipper. But they know that David Mayo scored one for the defense against Kenyon Barner. The Cam Newton-Thomas Davis jawing continues. Uh, on the first play of seven-on-seven seven drills, Newton screamed for joy when he connected with rookie tight end Ian Thomas, drawing the ire of Thomas Davis, who picked on Newton for being excited about seven-on-seven seven completion. Uh, Davis was in practicing. Now, he had a vet day on Monday, along with Mike Adams, Ryan Khalil, and Greg Olson. Uh, then he said when the action switched to 11-on-11, 11 11, Olsen realized he was standing on the defensive side and hurriedly headed toward the offensive side. <laughs> hey, sometimes you get confused. Sometimes you're just out there and, again, you know, heat of the moment, things just kind of, things just kind of go awry for you. They like the play of a couple of the corners, Seymour and Corn Elder. And said it was also a productive day for the two backup quarterbacks, Garrett Gilbert and Taylor Heineke, excuse me. And like we talked about with day one, or part one here, Heineke and Gilbert have been getting some praise during practice. You've been really hearing nothing out of Kyle Allen, the rookie out of Houston. So not that Allen was ever really in the mix to begin with, in terms of in terms of the backup job, but again, certainly, certainly, just kind of reiterating that fact. Uh, and then just a couple notes, a couple more notes on a couple of the players. Uh, Evan Bayless had a couple nice catches for the backups, as did Demir Bird and Austin Duke. Graham Gano got his third shot at live reps Monday and was absolutely perfect. Started at the 33-yard line, which of course is where you line up for the extra points, and eventually backed up to a 50-yarder and nailed all six of his kicks after making all ten of his, his attempts in the previous practice. So my math is correct. That's 16 out of 16 so far in camp for Graham Gano. And again, so Monday was the last day of practice before they had Tuesday off and they resumed Wednesday. And, you know, as I'm recording this, they were on the field for Wednesday's practice. In fact, as I'm recording this, are actually just about ready to wrap things up. Of course, you know we'll get into Wednesday's practice on the next episode. But just wanted to get caught up here from the weekend 
and on Monday. So, and that's really about it. So that that catches us up now, up to Tuesday's off day. Before we jump into a couple more notes, want to thank one of our great sponsors, as always, over at Nordic Track. The people that are going to help you find the time to bring the gym to you and get the motivation of a trainer that's not time-consuming or costly. Nordic Track is a series of training equipment to give you amazing workouts in the convenience of your home, including treadmills, exercise bikes, incline trainers, and strength. You can join high-energy streamed workouts any time of the day without stepping out the door. Join streamed workouts in both studios and exotic destinations around the world. Start your day with a run through the streets of Paris and end with cross-training on the shores of Thailand. Or you can work out on the African Safari. Workouts are led by the world's top personal trainers to ensure you meet your fitness goals. So for you locked-on listeners out there, you can get $75 off your Nordic Track purchase by visiting nordictrack.com slash locked on and use the promo code locked on. Again, that's L excuse me, that's N-O-R-D-I-C-T-R-A-C-K dot com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N and use the offer code locked on, one word, during your checkout to save $75 off your purchase. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So let's jump back into it. A couple notes out of the Panthers as well off the field. The team actually unveiled their jersey schedule for the 2018 preseason and regular season. And for the most part, it's a mix of their white jerseys and their black jerseys. They will sprinkle the blue jerseys a little bit, but for the most part, it is going to be white and black. The white jerseys will be worn, and including the preseason, will be worn for the two the two preseason road games at Buffalo next week and then at Pittsburgh in week four. And then nine regular season games. They will break out the white jerseys, including the season opener week one against the Dallas Cowboys. They'll also wear white week two at the Falcons, week three against the Bengals, week five against the Giants, and then five road games after that. Week six at the Redskins, week seven at the Eagles, week 10 at the Steelers, week 13 at the Buccaneers and week 17 at the Saints. So that's six of the eight road games and three of the eight home games during the regular season. Again, also the two preseason road games. So 
which of course means they'll be visiting Pittsburgh twice, both times. They uh, they will be wearing the white jerseys. The black jerseys will be worn for six of the preseason games, or excuse me, six of the regular season games, but you won't see black until week nine when they host the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They'll also wear them week 11 at the Lions, week 12 at home against the Seahawks, week 14 at the Browns, and then the last two home games, week 15 against the Saints, and week 16 against the Falcons. Of course, that Saints game is the Monday night game at home. Uh, just double-checking real quick, too. So when we're going to see these on national TV, if anything. Of course, the Cowboys game, week one, is a 425 kickoff. And then the game at the Steelers, week 10, that's the... Thursday night game. And then the black jerseys. You'll see them on national TV. Like I said, week 15 is the Monday night game against the Saints. And then last but not least are the blue tops. Blue shirts will be worn three times. The two home preseason games Week two against the Dolphins and week three against the Patriots. And then one lone regular season game. That'll be week eight against the Baltimore Ravens. So there. So that will be that is the entire Jersey schedule for the for the Panthers. So again, that's nine regular season games in white. Six in black and one in blue. And the blue jersey, of course, and all, all these are on white pants. Or at least for now, I, sh I should say. They, they, uh, the article on Panthers.com does note that the Panthers do have the option of picking what color pants to pair with the jerseys as they go along, but... In terms of their color rush uniforms, the blue blue on blue, blue shirt, blue pants, they said they won't wear those uniforms this season. You know, similar like like the jerseys they wore against the Eagles on that Thursday night Thursday night game last season. Uh, so again, for the most part, it's white, including the the early part of the regular season. And then the black jerseys will dominate the back half of the regular season. Uh, they also noted, too, the records in each jerseys, interestingly enough, in the regular season. The Panthers are 101, 110, and 1 in white jerseys, 65 and 59 in black, including 5 and 0 last season. And 17 and 15 in blue. And Panthers record over 23 NFL seasons stands at 183, 184, and 1. So there you go. If the Panthers win their regular season opener against the Cowboys, their all-time record will be at 500. 
Um, that's right. So they were they wore the white jerseys in the tie game against the Bengals. And, of course, that game, this will be the first meeting since that tie game a few years ago against the Bengals, week three. Which will be interesting, an interesting game for me because, if you recall, I, if you guys have followed me, well, you know that I also contribute a little bit to the Bengal, Bengals Wire site as well. So, week three will be the time that I'll be really looking at both games, or, or both teams in the game, I'll be able to see it kind of from both aspects. In fact, I just wrote a piece up there on for the Bengals wire with stock up, stock down. Uh, a couple players that I thought have been doing, having a good camp over there, as well as a couple players that I thought either haven't had a good camp, or in the case of Vontes Burfecht, are slipping just for the fact that uh, he's injured and isn't practicing, plus he's suspended the first four games of the season, and a couple of the linebackers have been really performing well in his absence, including Jordan Evans and rookie Malik Jefferson. Uh, but obviously, when we get to week three, we'll talk a little bit more about the Bengals, but that's just kind of a, a little taste of what else I've been doing. So before we wrap things up here, before we talk about the latest USA Today Power Rankings... We want to give a shout out to our other great sponsor over at VividSeats.com. Hey fans, the Hall of Fame game between the Chicago Bears and the Baltimore Ravens takes place Thursday, August 2nd. That's tomorrow. And that means the start of the NFL regular season is around the corner. This season, don't sit around watching the Panthers from home when you can be at Bank of America Stadium in the crowd cheering in person thanks to Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is offering Locked On Panthers listeners 10% off your first ticket order when you use our exclusive promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. New customers only, and the offer is good through the end of August. Preseason and regular season tickets are available now. The Panthers kick off their home schedule on Saturday, Sunday, September 9th against the Dallas Cowboys, and you can be there for all the excitement. Go to VividSeats.com or download the app and enter promo code LOCKEDON for 10% off your first order. Vivid Seats offers great prices for NFL games and live events, and, they are, and their orders are backed by a 100% guarantee. The NFL is back, and Vivid Seats wants to help you get to the game. Hey guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line, or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, 
dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. So last thing we'll talk about quick is the new power rankings over at usatoday.com. And the Panthers come in just outside the top 12. You know, if we're looking at the, uh, if we would say, like, say the top 12 would be kind of the playoff teams. The Panthers are just outside of that at number 13. Uh, Their little note on the Panthers is that Cam Newton's arm has plenty of whip, but is Torrey Smith enough of a vertical threat to keep defenses from packing in against Carolina? It's an interesting question. Uh, we'll, you know, one that perhaps the preseason can, will help give us a little bit of a of an idea how that's going to play out. Uh, the 12 teams in front of the Panthers, and you keep in mind that this these rankings were updated on the 30th, so whether or not these take the Darrell Williams and Ross Cockrell injuries into account is is up for debate. But nonetheless, the Panthers are 13. The 12 teams in front of them are the defending champion Eagles. Uh, no surprise, the Eagles are the number one team. Uh, this roster looks even better than the one that won the Super Bowl. So certainly, certainly fair to, to believe the Eagles have a very good chance as, at repeating as Super Bowl champs, or at least they'll very well be in the mix. Patriots are at number two, Falcons at number three, Vikings at four, Rams at five, Saints six, Packers seven, Jaguars eight, Chargers nine, Steelers ten, Texans at eleven, and Titans at twelve. Uh, interesting night. I mean, there's been a lot to talk about them, but their second highest NFC team is not the Vikings, not the Rams, not the Saints, but the Atlanta Falcons. But, I mean, hey, they, they're obviously going to have a lot of motivation. Of course, they're two years removed from the epic choke job in the Super Bowl. They want to get back to the Super Bowl, and they know this year they are hosting the Super Bowl. You know the Falcons and their fans would love nothing more than to be the first team to ever play in the Super Bowl that they are hosting. Uh, we obviously came very close last year. With the Minnesota Vikings, perhaps this could be the year, you know. And obviously, that makes the kickoff game very exciting because because you got the Eagles and the Falcons. And USA Today makes a good note here, saying your fresh reminder that no team came closer to KOing the Eagles in the playoffs. Atlanta looks sufficiently loaded to reach the Super Bowl on home field. I mean, if you recall, the Falcons were literally two yards away from beating the Eagles in the divisional playoff. And we're not even talking about the Eagles as a champs. We're not, we're not even talking about the 38 to seven or 41, seven schlacking in the NFC championship. We'd be talking about the Falcons going up against the Vikings for the NFC title. It would have given 
we would have been talking about the possibility of the Vikings not even having to leave their home stadium throughout the entire playoffs, including the Super Bowl. I mean, it just goes to show how small plays or one play can really change the course of a season. Uh, but I still thought it was a poor play call to cut the field in half for Matt Ryan. But, you know, it is what it is. But nonetheless, the Falcons are the second NFC team ranked, then the Vikings, then the Rams, and then the Saints, and then the Packers. And then AFC, it would be, again, the Patriots, Jaguars, Chargers, Steelers, Texans, and Titans. So effectively, they're saying the Panthers are the first team out of the playoffs at number 13, since you do have six NFC and six AFC teams among the top 12. Uh, and just running through the rest. Redskins are at 14, Broncos 15, Raiders at 16, Cowboys 17, Ravens at 18, Chiefs 19, 49ers at 20, Cardinals at 21, Bears at 22, Lions 23. Interesting, the Lions are that low. I, I would say the Lions are maybe a little better. Uh, Giants at 24, Bengals at 25, Dolphins 26, Seahawks at 27. I mean, when, when's the last time we potentially talked about the Seahawks being this bad? I mean, but it's fair to wonder. The team, the offensive line is in shambles. The defense, obviously, is now a shell of its former self. Uh, Richard Sherman's gone. Cam Chancellor's out for the season with that neck injury. Earl Thomas is holding out for a new contract. I mean, I'll, I'll give you guys a sneak peek. I been playing around on this Playoff Predictors website, playoffpredictors.com, where you can actually pick all the games and come up with regular season records. I'm probably going to still tweak it a little bit. But at the moment, I have the Seahawks going just 5-11. and 11. So that, that gives you an idea of... And I, I know I'm not the only person that thinks they're going to be that bad. In fact, I, I saw a take on Twitter, uh, Ben Albright, who, who's a good friend of mine, and he'll gladly back it up as he already has on Twitter. He, he'll stand by his argument right now that he believes the Seahawks will have the number one draft pick in 2019. Let, let me just repeat that. He believes the Seattle Seahawks, the team that won the Super Bowl just five years ago and was in the Super Bowl again the very next season, will have the number one draft pick in 2019. Now, if I had to guess who I think will get the number one pick, I'm going to say the Bills. And they do have the Bills last. Uh, the bottom five, by the way, Browns at 28. Buccaneers at 25. Uh, you, know, you could take, certainly take into account because uh, they dropped five spots from the previous ranks, which I think were a few weeks ago. I think since the last rankings is when the James Winston suspension was handed down. Uh, Jets at 30. Colts at 31, and Bills at 32. I, I think I'd have to agree that the Colts and the Bills are probably the two worst teams right now in football. I mean, I know Bills Mafia is diehard on their team right now, and they're arguing that they made the playoffs last year. But listen, the offense is in shambles. Uh, you have no idea what you're going to get at quarterback. You now have the LaShawn McCoy situation. 
think things are just looking a mess right now in Buffalo. It wouldn't surprise me to see the Bills get the number one pick in next year's draft. But the the seat going back to the Seahawks, I mean, it wouldn't be. I think it's very likely that the Seahawks end up with a top 10 draft pick, very possibly a top five pick. Uh, I mean, I mean, Russell Wilson is going to really have to carry this team. Uh, there's going to be a lot on his shoulders this season without the, the strong defense that he's had the last few years and still without a, a strong offensive line. That's why I was never a fan of them taking Rashad Penny in the first round. You know, not, not that I hate Rashad Penny. It's just, you know, a, a kind of small back like that, that had questions in pass protection and you already have questions on the offensive line. And you're going to spend a first round pick on him. And there's no guarantee that he even starts the season as the starting back, you know, still have Chris Carson there. There, there's, uh, it, it's still crazy for me to think that, like I said, this was just this is a team that's just a few years removed from being in back-to-back Super Bowls, and now we're potentially talking them as one of the worst teams in football. I mean, this team has a lot of question marks. So, really going to be interesting to see how this team. Fairs during the regular season, of course, the Panthers will see them in Week 12. Uh, Seattle actually opens against Denver in Week 1. So with that, I'll wrap things up here. Again, Panthers coming in at number 13, which was actually the same spot that they were in the previous polls. So just kind of give you an idea how they've looked at the Panthers over the last couple of weeks. But as always, I want to thank you guys so much for listening and tuning in and downloading. Really do appreciate it. Uh, as always, you can find me on Twitter at Bill underscore Rossetti. That's R-I-C-C-E-T-T-E. Find the podcast on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, uh, so many places where you get your podcast listening pleasure. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time right here on L O. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.